and welcome to episode four of The Big Review Ski. Thank you so much for listening in. I am joined today by my fantastic co-hosts, Miss Laura Holland. Hello. And Mr. Paul Moore. How you doing? But who isn't here? Hmm. Who is usually... In the, in the immortal words of Britt Tamlin, they felt like saying, <laughs> you're not Owen. <laughs> I'm not Owen, no. Very few people are. Uh, uh, Mr. Doherty could not join us today. He asked me not to uh, <clears throat> not to be honest about why, but I'm going to tell you why. He was making out with that nasty-ass monkey from Outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest And now Marcel? <laughs> well, he's famous. Like, Marcel is famous. Uh, so I totally understand it, but you know, Paul has whatever... No, not Paul. Owen has whatever that monkey had, and now he's like locked up in the bathroom and is super unwell. So uh, We wish get, him well. Get well and soon. Ma- I wish Marcel well. Yeah, yeah. I hope you, hope you all feel better much... Much sooner, and you're here next week. Just alone, <laughs> not Marcel. Mm. So, uh, yeah, great episodes coming up this week. We have uh, interviews with everyone involved, pretty much, in In Bruges. Uh, plus, can we talk about why? No, we can't talk about not why. Not yet. We will say you should continue listening, because <laughs> the reason why we're talking about In Bruges will become clear later on. Uh, we will also be reviewing all the new releases, and we have a fantastic competition. Another one of Owen's High Clues. Oh, Believe yes. it or not, we I all know. love our high clues. We all love our high clues. Do you know how much we love our high clues, Paul? You've brought a high clue this week. Nice segue. Thank nice you. segue indeed. In I fact, think, mm. I literally scrambled this 30 minutes before going on air. That's how much I cared about yes, it. Don't I, say that. That's, that's, my work. that's more prep than we're used from you, so. But you, I mm. just strictly hope that this is actually right. And the Japanese <laughs> poetry lovers are going to lynch me for not having the 575 structure. Well, we're going to be counting out the... Uh, the words with you, so we give it a bash. I am. Um, I think I know why Owen isn't here. It's because he's going to get roasted for his high clue last week. Because <gasps> we have the answer, and it's the hardest high clue I've ever heard. Oh well, you just wait because mm-hmm. he's given us one <laughs> this week, and it is equally as hard. It is not easy. That's why he's not here. But let let <laughs> us hear let us hear Paul's example for uh, for for later on. Owen Doherty has given us a high clue for a competition, but just in case you're not entirely sure how they work, Paul Moore. This is my example. Okay, guys. Data crashes in. Okay. Gimme wet liquory kiss. Oh God. <laughs> Fratellis are here. Fratellis are here. Fratellis Fratellis are here. Fratellis. So that's okay. Let's see. Five seven five. Data crash is in. Okay. Five. Data crash is in. Them. Okay. Gimme wet lick er e kiss. That's I, that, that <laughs> sounds like no nine. more appealing. <laughs> spelling it out that way. And finally, fratellis are here. Okay. Ooh. Any Fra- ideas? Am I, Laura? No, I'm actually out. My blind guess is Independence Day. Oh. Any reason why? Data. Brent Spiner <laughs> is Fratelli's th- Fratelli's no, has no idea really not the bands the characters Fratelli's uh, uh, somewhere out there our, our listeners are screaming in do you want to know yeah Go on. the Goonies oh. Data Data crashes in remember he went through the zip line through the front door yeah. Give me a wet licorice kiss was when they found the picture and Mikey stuck his tongue to it and gave oh. me a I haven't seen the Goonies since I was about six so oh. I'm going to plead ignorance. That's um, really good for half an hour's notice. I'm su- you should be really proud and of And Fratellis are the bad guys, obviously, from the film. Obviously, yes, the Fratellis. Not the Scottish rock band. <laughs> Who are bad guys in their own way. Exactly. Uh, really quick question, you guys. Mm-hmm. Really quick question. Worst film you've ever seen? Worst? Mm. That you sat all the way through, mind you. Uh, I have one. It could be quite controversial. Oh, <laughs> Is it also Ever After? 
<laughs> real love-hate relationship. No. <laughs> if you say um, Mac and me, I'm rioting. No. Um, it's Birdman. Oh, good. Wow. A little movie from 2014, I Wow. The, uh, the, the, the best picture Oscar winner. Do you, uh, why? I thought it was very poor. Okay. I know it has won Oscars or nominated. Mm. I don't. I didn't follow up with it, to be honest. Um, I just didn't follow it as much as everyone else did. And I thought it was silly and weird. And uh, Emma Stone's in it, right? She, she is, is yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of hers. Okay. So okay. that's why she didn't really leave a lasting impression. already. I, I kind of only remember her a bit. Uh, I probably couldn't tell you the whole cast. There's a lot in it, to be fair. It does oh. have a very big yeah. cast. But, uh... Yeah, it's most like the Oscars aren't, aren't engaged. I'm not saying it's the worst movie ever made. It just didn't do anything for me. You had high expectations and it just I didn't deliver. I think that's it. I think that's the hardest part with Oscar movies is everyone's like, it's so good. And you get to it and you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And mm. then it falls flat. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay. I think that's an interesting one where you're saying worst <laughs> films. And that, like, if you gauge yourself to watch, you know, Leprechaun 7, it's back. You're kind of expecting to have a good, bad time. Yeah, yeah, a bad yeah. film. Whereas, like, on that note, I actually didn't really go for a Call Me By Your Name, and everyone did, but that's a different thing altogether. The worst film I've sat through, though, I think is still Speed 2, which is just atrocious. Yeah. 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 It's like, know, that's not a hot The concept, a boat, it's not going to go a quick. A cruise anyway. liner. Exactly. It's literally cruising. It's <laughs> not at that point. Going any speed. At, like when it's pitched and goes, we're going to have speed. Are we going to put on a bus? Nah. Car? Nah. Plane? Nah. Helicopter? Nah. What are you going to do? The slowest form of transportation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like it's. Uh, and it just went downhill from there. Jason like, Patrick is, is no. <laughs> <laughs> do you know my dad still holds up the first speed as the perfect Christmas movie? And since its release, every year he goes, Anybody got another speed? Anyone like speed? No? No? Is he not I'm just like, offering you drugs? <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for that. You did. Um, but no, we still can't find a replacement for speed. No one can. Not Spe- the drug kind. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Interesting insight into the life of Laura Holland's Christmas thing. Uh, so let's. Speaking of films that we uh, try not to get too excited about, the Super Bowl happened recently and we had some very interesting <laughs> trailers <laughs> play out. Um, I've asked my co-hosts here what their favourite trailer was and I'm really excited to talk to Laura Holland <laughs> about her pick of the favourite trailer that played out during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hit me. It was the one with Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Um, I thought it was the one for Jurassic World. Like, I genuinely missed the other one. And what did we find out it was for? It was for a car. It was for a car. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I sat through all of it and knew it was for a car, but I thought you actually meant, like, pick any of them that had a movie-related theme. Right, I didn't okay. think you actually wanted a trailer. Gotcha. Because I'm really excited that he's back for this movie. Yeah, so, no, he is. And I'm listen, he's great. We love him. And, yeah, it was a throwback to the old one. So, okay. as an advert, it was a winner. Just, I missed the kind of... I actually personally haven't seen this car advert, but if it's as good as the Jurassic World trailer for The Fallen Kingdom, because that trailer's pretty good. It is very good. I did watch it afterwards then, and I was like, oh, that's what you meant. Yes. It's very good, very, yeah, very good. It is, but I am actually going to seek out whatever that car it is. It uh, just basically it shows... super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jeff Goldblum in the old one, and then him in the new one, being chased by the T-Rex, but then... He... Oh, he can get away in the new one, can he? Yes, that's, that's an easy thing, sell. yes. And well then done, it, whatever yeah, car that is. It's, it's a Jeep. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Good, good. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed the uh, Mission Impossible Fallout trailer. Have you mm-hmm. watched that one? Mm-hmm. No. 
He's just mad. He is a mad brush of a man. He, I love him. I love him to bits. It, see, that's the thing. You go in and you see it. <laughs> Tom Cruise film, and it's not like watching a normal uh, action movie where the stunts happen. And you're like, well, that's a stunt man or that's CGI. Yeah. Whenever yeah. he's hanging off a helicopter, you believe he's hanging off the helicopter. Is this the movie he got injured in? It was. Yes, it's yeah. when he completely snapped his ankle doing what looks like a fairly run of the mill stunt I know Rory well that's not like I can't <laughs> but, but do but it compared to the bonker stuff we've seen in the fallout trailer that just looked like a walk in the park or a yeah, he's, jump off a building yeah like it's, as Tom it, would say yeah, up it, your game Tom yeah come on Tom like, but but seriously there's some stuff in that trailer that is properly bonkers and it's, it seems to be getting all of the old cast and we have the moustache as well Henry Cavill's moustache the, oh, I would dedicate an entire episode of this podcast to <laughs> <laughs> Cavill's moustache and how one man alone is bringing moustaches the moustache game is coming back is it? well probably not because not everyone can rock a moustache like Henry Cavill fair play to him yeah uh, but Paul my, my one uncharacteristically of me I kind of <laughs> lost my mind after the teaser and then the full trailer for Solo because early it was after Ron Howard came in it was a really good tease because it didn't give you an awful lot about it but I got a sense of who the characters was but I do feel for poor Alden Enerick that Donald Glover that's a solid attempt at a surname exactly Donald Glover just looks uberly cool as Lando and Amelia Clark. rumours going about who she is kind of a double agent got a really good feel for kind of a on the road caper heist movie and there's some really uh, lovely shots in that as well like there, there's is there one where they're like in the middle of what looks like a massive storm yeah, towards with the end Woody Harrelson and stuff on the beach and Julie yeah, and all that jazz like I think everyone was a bit worried that it was going to be pants after the whole director thing um, and they brought in Ron Howard who's very kind of yeah it's fine it's fine good old Ron but uh, and, and the fact the film was out really soon and this is our first trailer for it as well is, is also not a great sign but it could be fantastic who's hoping that it is mm-hmm. So you want to make a difference? Yeah. Trust me, you're going to love it. And which branch are you interested in joining? I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Your name? Sorry, Paul, you're saying something while I was I was literally in geek heaven to top that solo trailer. We have uh, news that Benny Off and Vice, the Game of Thrones show owners, are making new films as well. So, and TV shows are coming. Yes. You so, can read all about that on, uh, on Joe.ie. It's so very, very enough Star Wars to shake a stick at, or a lightsaber if you prefer, oh. for the next 10 <laughs> years. How do you feel about that, Paul? I'm kind of happy. Yeah, okay. I mean, they, they won't all be perfect, but sure. Yeah. They have my money. Well, here uh, is the top 10 films in the Irish box office right now. Since we talked about what is coming, here's what's already here. At number 10 is The Darkest Era. Gary Oldman will probably win the Oscar, but the film isn't all that great. It's the, basically the boring bits from Dunkirk. Number 9 is Jumanji. Laura? No Oscars there, probably. 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 Uh, it's The Rock, Kevin Hart, in a modern day version of uh, Jumanji, set in what's a computer game, but they're mm. still in the jungle. Very um, good. We kind of liked it, didn't we? Did. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Number 8 is a new entry, Phantom Thread. Mr. Moore, you went to see this one? Absolutely loved it. Um, it feels like it's about five films in one. Period drama, romantic comedy, psycho thriller it's unbelievably deftly directed by Anderson 
and you get exactly what you want from Dale Lewis a great performance really really good seek it out yeah I absolutely agree with that I thought it was fantastic number 7 Maze Runner The Death Cure is not a good film but here we are <laughs> still here still hanging about uh, number 6 is Den of Thieves that's uh, the film that we spoke to literally everyone in the cast to last week if you haven't given that a listen we absolutely recommend that you go back to episode 3 and give it a listen because everyone we spoke to was lovely mm-hmm. number 5 was The Post yep it's a Tom Hanks Meryl Streep uh, investigative drama where these journalists are trying to uncover some secrets that the president's all buried and it's between the Washington Post and the New York Post again big Oscar noms there so I thoroughly enjoyed it a little bit hard to get into at the start but once you get in then you get a feel for it and it's a good payoff Absolutely Uh, Number four is Early Man Ardman Street continues um, really really good jokes like a lot of their other stuff Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit stuff for the adults but the kids will love it as well really clever and yeah long may Ardman Street continue you were talking about that film last week Paul and you were talking about all the jokes in it you're like all these kids won't miss or will miss all these soccer jokes and I was like I missed all those soccer <laughs> jokes I had no idea what you were talking about but it was still really really funny at number three you guys this is madness this is crazy I we're going to have to go see it now aren't we but Owen did see it God but he's him. not here he was making that with monkeys unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> but we do have someone else who oh. sent in a WhatsApp audio review for us to listen to hi it's Fiona I've seen The Greatest Showman and I thought it was amazing really good upbeat positive film feel good movie um, made you want to laugh, made you want to cry, and made you want to dance the whole way to the car. Um, I thought Hugh Jackman was amazing. Zac Efron was absolutely gorgeous. Um, the whole cast were amazing. Uh, I would have rated it a 10 out of 10. Um, now I would say you need to have a love for musical and a bit of a love for the cheese. Uh, but if you do, this movie is for you. Ooh, I like her enthusiasm. She really enjoyed that. She danced all the way to her car, <laughs> which I'm sure got some looks, but you know. We're going to have to go see it, you guys. Well, I... Mm, oh, we just wait for Owen to come back next week and let him review see, it for us. See, this happened to me last time when yes, I went Ferdinand. to see Ferdinand and then it was not in the top ten. Ferdinand so you guys Gate. need to take one for the team this week. This is you, 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 solid point. Well made. <laughs> at number two is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri and at number one is Coco. And we're not going to talk about either of those two movies because no longer in the top ten is The Commuter. And yes. since Owen isn't here to place his spoiler embargo upon yeah. us, yeah. Laura... It's been lifted. It's been lifted. Very quickly. Let's talk about the ending to The Commuter. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, if you haven't seen the ending, you know, don't listen for the next 30 seconds. Yep. Um, I thought what was a fairly tame and grand movie had the worst ending ever. Yes. And all down to uh, The Wife. Yes. Who's played by the Downton Abbey star. What is her name? The Downton Abbey star. Right, the mother in Downton Abbey. Like, your, your, your husband has been on a train that's, like, about to crash. He's been, like, um, targeted. You've been targeted. And she gets over and she's like, are you all right, love? What's <laughs> happened? Like, literally. There's a flaming wreck behind him. Yes. Like, the train is on fire behind him. The people yeah. have died. The yeah. police are everywhere. And she walks up like he fell walking in the front garden. No, she walks up as if he tripped and made a fool of himself because she's got a smirk <laughs> in her face. And she's like, ah, come on. You're making a big deal out of nothing, Liam. It was the worst. I was like, I am actually annoyed for him. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Owen. You uh-huh. now understand why <laughs> we wanted to talk about the ending to that movie so badly. <laughs> On this week's big interview, we have no less than Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson and Martin McDonough because coming up really soon is the 10-year anniversary of In Bruges. And I think we can all say that we absolutely love this film, right? Oh, 
Laura, <laughs> you hesitated. Um, oh no. Liked it. Okay. Didn't love it. Okay. Um, again, late to the party, too much hype. Right, okay. Too many inappropriate jokes for my liking. Okay. I have a soft heart. Um, it, I wouldn't rush out to see it again. I'll, I'll be there if there's any sort of reunion. Okay, well phrased, sure. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go see it again on my own. Paul? I'd be completely opposite. It's <laughs> whenever people ask me your favourite films, it this is kind of nearly there at the top. Farrell and Gleason together are amazing. And I love the fact that the script by McDonough was basically based on his own life. He went to Bruges for a few days and he was there for a day and he loved it, the sightseeing. Then he got really bored and started to drink and then hurling around. Oh. So that's basically Ooh. the two characters. <laughs> You've got Ken and Ray and I just love the fact that they had something that's rare in a film they had three weeks of rehearsals before they even shot it so you do get that sense of uh, camaraderie between them it's a film I think I personally think the dialogue like McDonough's like actually the both McDonough Brothers films just jumps off the page I think it's beautifully shot and the amount of pathos and redemptive qualities in it throughout are I watched it again the other week and there's loads of really different layers and obviously you laugh at the film in Midgets and they take that that's for John Lennon you Yankee so and so there's so many running gags in it you can I, swear here can I? Yeah. well I can't I don't think I can use the C word oh no oh, you can't no. use that yeah. one nobody's yeah. ever allowed to use that right. one yeah. Yeah. so we'll, uh, we'll leave that one or else our beeper machine will probably be broken <laughs> again oh. I, I absolutely love it and as for a reunion the days of getting together I'm well in favour because there's, they're two very collaborative actors and I know Farrell won the Golden Globe where it could have easily been Gleeson and yeah. I actually watched his speech again and there's such a sense of kind of almost like brothership between them yeah. and kind of bigger brother older brother they just play off each other so well and it's defin- I still think it's definitively Irish it kind of captures that madcap quirky very dark 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 streak of comedy that really runs I think through Ireland and uh, uh, 10 years on it hasn't aged for me I feel kind of bad now Wait, maybe you should give it another go I think I will because do you know what I also should admit I saw it on a plane <sighs> you know and you know when you're like this is already a 10 hour journey and you know you need a bit something a bit more stimulating sure. and it wasn't mm. doing it for me so I think I probably was a bit harsh well I would absolutely recommend you give it another go I believe okay. it's on Netflix now it is actually so you can it is, totally yeah. check it out again but we were lucky enough to speak to Colin Farrell Brendan Gleeson and writer director Martin McDonough we kicked off with some bad news I guess you might call it because Colin did not react well to suddenly finding that this massive film is actually a decade old. Is it really 10 yeah, years? 10 years no. this January. Is it? Yeah. What are we doing? Where are we going? Man? We should have We're a massive reunion screening in, in, in Dublin anyway. But in Dublin, not in Bruges. No. <laughs> Shithole. For two weeks, in Bruges, in a room like this, with you? No way. I suppose 10 years on, apart from, you know, it being the first of two films I did with Martin and and and, and loving Martin as much as I do um, you know working with Brendan as closely as I got to work with Brendan honestly was the thing that stays with me to this day he said it was working with you that <laughs> was it I'm going to ask you the same question but you cannot say working with him so what was, is your favourite memory that, well working with the two of them mm-hmm. my favourite bit of Ben Bruges was um, we went over two weeks before time and Martin and Colin and myself sat in a room and we felt after a day and a half let's just go and shoot this they were almost like a, a an old married couple and literally that scene where they sit on the bench and talk to each other about the uh, karate the the lollipop man and uh, they just sat down there and they, they started doing it because we'd just been doing it in the rehearsal room and it was I just kind of 
well, this is good. This is kind of nice. I haven't seen Brendan in two or three years, but I just adore the man. I just think he's he's brilliant as an actor, but but even more impressive as a human being. And so I, uh, that was the best part of it, genuinely for me. Colin is a total dream. Like he really is. He's one of those guys. Um, I just kind of thrilled he's in this industry of ours and that he kind of uh, is the man he is, you know. Yeah. He's got great integrity and, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Growing up, seeing a certain amount of brands work with him, working with him and just loving that. Yeah, that was a special time. That was kind of depressing to do as well. I mean, we had a lot of laughs on it, but essentially I was playing a character who was, you know, suicidal and had a lot of blood in his hands and a lot of guilt in his heart. I had more fun than him, though. Did you? Yeah, because he was going around as a child murderer. <laughs> It was a pretty depressing role, aren't <laughs> Every time we thought we could have a laugh, he had to go back into that place. Oh, yeah. I just killed people for a living. That was, that was okay. And would you do a reunion? He said he'd be up for it in January. Ah, Not yeah, necessarily totally, like, yeah. oh, really? Ah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, it was a special time. I want to get Colin and Brendan back together uh, as soon as possible and sort of working on something towards that end. Nice little tease by Mr. McDonough there and what mm-hmm. they may potentially be working on next. I had heard rumours that they're filming out in Galway and I had heard other separate rumours that it's to do with uh, the Civil War. So I have no idea, really. <laughs> it's all rumour mill. But uh, they were all really, really, really lovely to talk yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Brendan was a hero. And uh, Paul just said something there off air that um, he's like the guy you want to be your dad. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to say that to him oh. and I had to actually cut it from the interview because it came out the worst possible way. Laura, and he, I know. Did you, did you say something really weird to did Brendan? come on to Brendan Gleeson? Did you say, will you be my daddy to <laughs> Brendan Gleeson? No, I literally said, um, you. If you like, I'm sure if the Irish people could vote, they would say that you are the number one person they'd want to be your their dad. Okay. okay. Which is normal. Okay. You just said it. Yes. And he goes, don't know if we can say that now. Not really sure if we can say that. And his face dropped and I was like, oh, fantastic. The whole Hollywood scandals, everything. What have I done? So I went, right, moving on. <laughs> wow. Um, I think that's fine. That's a, is that a nice compliment? I, I think, think it's it is. absolutely. Maybe a uncle is like a nicer way of putting it. I wish you were my favourite uncle. Okay, fair enough. But like, oh, he has got children. Like, it sounds if he he's does like have children. not right. a dad. Donald, great guy. Brian. Green. Breen. Breen. Also a great guy. I think there's a third one. <laughs> there is. He's also in the industry, but not an actor, I believe. Well, there you go. There you go, listeners. I had no idea. He Bottom line, we all want Brendan Gleeson to be our dad. And it's we- a normal thing to say. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so moving on to this week's new releases. Um, it's actually not out in cinemas until the 12th, I believe. But we are going to talk about it this week. It is Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Here is a little bit from the trailer. telling me that the king of a third world country runs around in a bulletproof cat suit. Why don't you ask him yourself? Because he's right outside. <laughs> Bingo. My king. Stop it. The Black Panther lives. He's coming. That's damn calm. Watch me do my I hope you're ready, bro. I'm just getting started. Let's have some fun. You show off. Is that a rave? Or... <laughs> 
Uh, that was, I think, Kendrick Lamar at the end there because he has curated the soundtrack to oh. Black Panther. Are you Kendrick Lamar fans? Mm, He's curated no. a new word as well for soundtrack. I've never heard of a movie being curated by an artist. Usually scored or... Lord did one for one of the Hunger Games. She curated one of the Hunger Games. I can't remember which just, one. Is that like they just pick and choose what tunes are on the soundtrack? Yeah, they essentially like call up artists and they're like, can you do this song sweet uh, Lord got Grace Jones out of retirement oh, to do a song for yes. Hunger Games and that, that her soundtrack for uh, Hunger Games is actually really good we haven't heard all of the Black Panther one but everything they released so far have seen the film amazing but I have seen the film that is right Laura how do you feel about comic book movies um, I'm partial to them if they've got a good storyline sure. I wouldn't go to every single one mm-hmm. that it yes. do you have a favourite one <laughs> um, the Spider-Man's Okay. All of them. I actually rewatched the um the Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 1 2 3 of each recently. Wow. I just kind of was like I wanted to go back to old school, you know. Who's your favorite Spider-Man out of the three of them? The first guy, what was his name again? Tobey Maguire. Maguire. Yeah. He is the Spider-Man really. I really do like the new one. Holland. Mm. He's actually, well, he's not really, but we we found out that we may be related because he has family from Cork and my family are originally from Cork. There you Laura go. Holland. Yes. And Tom Holland. Yes. I've never Mm-hmm. And you're all from Holland. That's so weird. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul? I th- I'm a huge fan of them, but I really think Marvel got their stuff together because there's a period they're kind of lingering. But after they got the Russos in on Winter Soldier, yep. it's really kicked it up. Uh, they always had a really good track record of hiring good directors, starting with Favreau, Left Field Choice in the first Iron Man, which is 10 years old this year. It's mad. I, I remember seeing that. But some of them have been hit, hit and miss. I mean, the second Thor, the Incredible Hulk... But I'm very excited about Black Panther because I'm a huge Ryan Coogler fan since Fruitvale Station and Creed. And the cast in this is amazing. It is amazing. Uh, Everyone in it is really, really good. It is not the normal uh, setup for an introduction to a superhero movie like you'd seen with Iron Man and Doctor Strange because essentially we hadn't met them previously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this, we kind of already know who T'Challa is because we met him in Civil War and we know that his dad was killed, spoiler alert, in Civil War and this is him taking over the throne. Yeah. And when he gets there, he essentially has to decide whether to follow in his father's footsteps which have kept Wakanda safe for centuries or whether to take the future of the country in a new direction, which will be much more risky, but also potentially better for the world in general. Okay. Uh, we also have Michael B. Jordan in there. He was linked to the family in a way that we can't talk about here because okay. it is slightly spoilery. Mm-hmm. And then you've got just like the the supporting cast, like Angela Bassett and Lupita Nyong'o and Forrest Whitaker, and like every everyone in this is just fantastic and absolutely brilliant. And David um, Ayuelo from Get Out is in there as well. Oh, amazing, he's oh, yeah. really really good. Um, so the characters are great. The setup is, is great. The world building is great. It's so interesting that they managed to make uh, this African nation seem even more alien to us than everything we've seen in Thor Ragnarok because it's so futuristic but also uh, very much imbued in everything in modern day Africa and it's beautiful to look at and it's very very interesting and there's going to be a million think pieces on it because mm-hmm. it's so uh, topical and current and there's so many lines brought into the screenplay about uh, racism and slavery and it's like the IQ is to the roof comparatively for okay. a comic book movie but I knew there was a okay, but there's always a but <laughs> there's with me there's always a but um it's just not that exciting. Really? There's, right. There's, there's, one, there's one action scene which you've seen in the trailer where he's hanging off the side of the car. That takes place about 
45 minutes into the film and to my knowledge nothing there's not another action scene until the end of the film oh. which is and the film is 2 hours 20 so it's really relatively light on, on action scenes and I I guess I appreciate that in, in the one hand because there's a lot of world to build and the film is way more interested in developing the characters and stuff and the characters are really really interesting and obviously when it when you get to the end of it and whatever happens to whomever you're invested in it and mm. okay. you're not just like well no, it's just a guy and now he's dead and now we just move on to the next one like everything does make sense and it has potentially one of the best villains of the Marvel Universe today when you understand uh, everything behind it but it was just yeah it's like it really could have done with like a few more explosions a few more uh, a few more fight scenes and that's not something I would normally say about Marvel films because normally you're drowning in them and yeah. you're just like oh it's just more CGI spaceship after spaceship yeah exactly and it's just it. I feel maybe in the next one because they probably laid the groundwork properly laid the groundwork on this one they can focus more on some more interesting action but yeah it's just um, when the action scenes do come they're great but they mm-hmm. just don't sounds a bit like the first enough. Iron Man which I would say still is kind of a 3 out of 5 film but obviously it's crucial to Marvel's universe it was the first one as a studio they did but when you look back at it there actually wasn't an awful lot of action set piece in it you're more interested in the Tony Stark yeah. character and actually for the second Iron Man they completely made balls it up because they just went through action (laughs) and Iron Man 3 kind of struck that balance but I'm very curious now because I've heard Michael B. Jordan I haven't seen him I'm itching to see it is brilliant and Marvel has had a problem with villains as a comic book fan I don't think they've really had some great because obviously they're setting up the Infinity Stones as these all-powerful conquering things and Thanos is the big baddie so essentially every film you know is just feeding towards this yes I will be very curious to hear what everyone else has to think about the Black Panther as well Uh, whenever you do get around to see it please do Tweet us at Big Reviewski, or you can WhatsApp us and send us in one of those lovely WhatsApp media messages like that lady did earlier. For no Rudy Nudies, though. No Rudy Nudies. <laughs> well, Owen's oh, oh, not, oh, not here, so... Oh, yeah, we can throw out all the rules. So... No, no, please. I suppose no. not. No, no Rudy Nudies, fine. <laughs> At least you, make them good. Yeah, you can WhatsApp <laughs> us. <laughs> okay. Uh, WhatsApp R- us. This is an R-rated show. It's already really held this show together. I suppose the fact that it's a podcast means we're not actually going to show the Rudy true. Nudies. They are just, this is true. We're talking too much about Rudy Nudies. If you have an opinion on Black Panther or any of the other movies we've talked about, you can text us at 00353 Three. Now, Black Panther was is going to be the biggie, but there were two other films out on Friday. Fifty Shades Freed and the fifteen seventeen to Paris, which is the new sexy uh, erotic thriller. Which Drama? one? Yeah. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the yeah I, can, I can definitely see Clint Eastwood making a sexy erotic thriller, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other one is the Clint Eastwood based on true life uh, terrorist attack in Paris. But both of those films were shown to press literally less than 24 hours before they're out in the cinema, which, as we all know, is not a great sign. Not for us. It's not grand. for us. 50 Shades will make like a gajillion as well. It will. Do you know, combined, the first, the first two combined have made a billion at the box office. Bulletproof. So there's that. Uh, but considering uh, we can't review those two, we will <laughs> talk about the massive Netflix release, and it nicely ties in to the Super Bowl. The Cloverfield Paradox. Paul, can you tell us about the plot? I don't even think the director and the people in the film could tell you about the plot. That's the God's honest truth. It, as we were talking about trailers, this was the one that really grabbed me first because I was on Twitter and watching the, f- the football match itself. And then it's like, oh my God, oh my God, it's actually here. Because Ava DuVernay, director of Selma and 13th, 
uh, was teasing saying film Twitter if such she got me so excited yeah. I thought she was going to be announced for Star Wars I thought that's what she was getting she's, no. a, she's a remarkable director and A Wrinkle in Time is coming out soon we'll be reviewing that oh, one oh I love out. that one and she was teasing it because she worked with David Yellow in Selma and he's in um, he was originally starring in God Particle and this is where Cloverfield Paradox started God Particle was a film that was greenlit the script was done and a director called Julius Ona a Nigerian director was his first Hollywood feature and that was Grant JJ Bad Robot that's a company JJ Abrams owns I think got the script and said you know this sounds like a great science fiction film let's see if he can tag the Cloverfield brand onto it which is exactly what he did for 10 Cloverfield exactly and that turned out pretty well although I thought the last 20 minutes was a complete left field and you like, could tell it was tagged yeah, on. Super tagged on. But it's still a very good kind of Hitchcockian, suspenseful, yes. Night of Living Deads, Absolutely. turning against each other, claustrophobic thriller. Um, and that made a load of money as well. And the first Cloverfield, Rory, you did a great piece on it. I'm a big fan of it. I thought it was, oh. it was original. The marketing mm-hmm. campaign was fantastic. Yep. And in a similar way, the stunt for releasing Paradox was, was fantastic. Nobody saw this coming. It was rumoured that the uh, company Paramount were fishing it around maybe for a Netflix release, which uh, they've done for Annihilation, Alex Garland's really upcoming film. Me. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about times. that. Or Rory could do a whole podcast on that. And the buzz around this was fantastic. I was gripped. I didn't get to see it on the, when it was released, but I went home and watched it that Monday. And God almighty, it's it feels like... It's terrible. Phantom Tread feels like five films that are coherently put together because that's masterful filmmaking. Yeah. This is five films that are literally like the reel of the reel of the footage been thrown in the air, sliced <laughs> and sellotaped and just stuck <laughs> in a projector. Which is uh, tricky enough to do. Yeah. <laughs> to get it. Like there's a, there's a certain talent involved to get a film this wrong. This really? badly wrong. Like, and, and it's so disheartening because fans know the brand Cloverfield from the first few films. They've built up that trust yeah. and the cast in this is amazing oh my god directors would kill to have yep. people like this you've got Elizabeth Debicki you've got Daniel Brühl who's great in Russian and Glorious Bass you've got our own Chris O'Dowd who's for my money we've had I've had the I think he's, he's okay in it he yeah. has he improved his lines. accent he's, they let him be Irish. he's Irish in it oh he so. just is it's Irish from now on kind of space station in space ah, I suppose okay. we haven't actually spoke about the plot essentially yet. the plot is uh, the earth is running out of resources uh, and energy kind of like sunshine was and they send up a bunch of astronauts from a motley crew you've got your Russian the Chinese American Irish to basically find alternate earth through different planets or wormholes or interstellar energy I was just going to say it's like interstellar slash the Martian slash passengers what it, that's a really I, good point what because even, it does feel like everything. Even Every my Im- impression of the plot is different to your impression <laughs> of the plot. I thought they went up and they had this giant energy um, beam thing that they couldn't get the to God work. Particle, and if yeah. they could get it to work, then it meant, you know, essentially like everyone on Earth was set for life for this for power. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't. Well, I was like, and they, that's what I said. And, they, and then they they couldn't get it to work. And then the one time they do get it to work, uh, the Earth disappears. Yeah, they travel <laughs> into an alternate uh, reality where the laws of physics and gravity and I don't know what you call it. Like that scene it was, when the arm goes missing, he puts it through a piece of metal and his arm gets cut off. Yeah. And there's a Elizabeth Debicki plays a crew member who they never see before they travel into this alternate reality. Then she magically pops up behind metallic barrier she goes all kind of Sam Neill event horizon it's it, it, I'm delighted you said that Rory you feel, uh, sorry um, Laurie you said it feels like six different films because that's what it was there's yeah. bits of life bits of event horizon bits of alien bits of really ba- a really bad Black Mirror episode yep. yeah and it only really pays off in the final shot and said you know what what the clover monsters monsters shit we'll throw a monster in <laughs> 
I'd almost be concerned that you may have spoiled it. <laughs> but is it possible to spoil something this bad? People I are don't. Still, I think people are still going to see it just because they want to see, I, is it that bad? I would recommend watching it just out of, like, weird, morbid curiosity. Like, it... it like it's it's definitely not good everyone in it is trying their best except I feel the director who just was like there's a camera go that's the worst thing you can say they tried their best that's not there's nothing they could do with like this whole bits in this film was like where are the worms gone oh they're in him why are they in him doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this every five minutes something else just happens and it's just it really just felt like they were on a set and they were like okay this set is cool so what we do with it is like uh well, okay, so now she's crazy. Why is she crazy? Doesn't matter. Everything is just like, eh. Three so editors. the shoe didn't fit, basically. But Three editors to, make it. to get a film out of it. Um, but in a perverse way, I think it'll probably end up making money and it actually might even change how films are distributed. It was ballsy because they knew they had a bad film and they kind of capitalised on the brand and the hype. Usually, you know yourself, you just mentioned it didn't screen and if you don't get a screener or a trailer, it's usually a bad sign. And it, it was. But I'd say people, <coughs> the people who wanted to see it have seen it, and I'd say it probably it might, it might change things. Who knows? I think the the goal would have been um, to for people to see the trailer for Cloverfield, and then uh, for them to sign up for Netflix and go, mm. "I'm going to sign up for Netflix just to watch this film." And then they found out that the film was terrible. So <laughs> either you're already on Netflix and you're going to watch it, or you're not. You'll read a review and you're not going to sign up for Netflix. I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how it pays off but then again Bright worked out really well exactly. so. but and also yeah, the problem with Netflix there is that you have the ability to just switch over whereas if you've paid money in the cinema you're going to see it through so I'd be worried people would be like what is this and just stop and move on to something else yeah they could yeah. watch like 20 minutes of it and Netflix count that as a win mm-hmm. So, but, but on the Cloverfield thing we've got Overlord which is scheduled to come out uh, still has a cinematic release that's also in the Cloverfield franchise set in 1944 D-Day landings meets monsters. The premise for that sounds deadly. Yes, I've got hope for that one. Uh, he was directing that one. Do we know? I'm not too sure, actually. Neither am I. We'll look into it. And maybe we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> right, so we don't recommend watching Cloverfield at home. We would recommend watching In Bruges at home because we've already spoken about it. But my actual factual recommendation for the week is on Monday the 12th. It's on Film 4. It's on 11.20pm, so if you're still up, great. If not, I would fully recommend recording it, because it's Fruitvale Station, which is a lovely tie-in to Black Panther, uh, both directed by Ryan Coogler, both starring Michael B. Jordan. It is a truly, truly upsetting drama with some of the best performances I've seen in a drama lately. Basically tells the story of an ex-con who is trying to do right by his family, and they head into the city on New Year's Eve to watch a fireworks display based on a true story with a you know, I've already said it's upsetting, so we know it doesn't have a happy ending, but it is definitely worth a watch. Paul, I know you've seen it as well. I'm a massive fan, and I'm unbelievably jealous of Kugler. He's such a baby in director's terms. He's so talented for such a young fella. And I remember Owen, I think it was, chatted to him for Creed, but he's just such a knowledge of cinema as well. He's a real cinephile, and if, if Marvel can keep him, that's why I can't wait to see Black Panther. And it really is a remarkable turn for Michael B. Jordan. Do you know he keeps getting stopped? Uh, Ryan Coogler keeps getting stopped on the red carpets to his own films because people think he's a model. Really? Oh. Yeah, and they're like, who, who, who are you modelling for? <laughs> and he's like, nah. And I direct- Some guys have all the luck, eh? I directed it. So he's got that Taika Waititi handsome director thing going on, which is just, it's so great when people work out to be handsome and talented. It's unheard of for directors. Yeah. And very nice. There's a reason you're behind the camera. <laughs> and, you should- yes. and, and super nice. He's very nice. God damn. 
You've got it all. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and a hit Marvel film on his hands. Yay! Uh, so, okay. So that's our recommendation for the week. Okay. Absolutely. Monday 12th, film 4, 11.20pm, Fruitvale Station. Must watch. Right. It's high clue time. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Owen did escape this. Because he is here with us. Well, in a way. He, he did and he didn't. So last week's one. Do you remember last week's yep. one? I do. Oh, well, yeah. I do, but I don't. I it was, was so hard. That for about half an hour after we stopped recording. Yeah, I had I was to racking my brain. Well, put him in a noogie situation to give me the answer. Noogie situation. <laughs> <laughs> right. So last week's one, if you don't remember, was Flotus starts to bloom. Safe digits decide Dad's death. Not so crystal clear. So in the week that's passed. Have we figured out what the answer is? Again, I nuggied it out of all. Oh, yes, you did. Sorry, you physically assaulted. <laughs> to tell That's why he's missing. Laura so, beat the crap out of him. What was it, Laura? Do you, so you, you don't want to guess? Or are you still out of it? No, I have the answer written down in front of me. Oh, you also nuggied him? One. Yes, <laughs> he wedged him. He wedged him instead. Yeah, so it was the part about floaters. I was like, that's a very obvious clue, but it was so far off because it's Claire Underwood from... A house cards, which yes. is Robin Wright, which yes. I didn't in my head. I wasn't thinking of mm. outside of movies. I was thinking movies, movies, movies. Yeah, yeah. But my fault because she's in movies, obviously. Yes. but not as Flotus. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Flotus starts to bloom. It's the start of her career. Yeah. Then the Sace digits decide Dad's death is a throw to one of the lines in the movie of in question. Mm-hmm. If it's not becoming any clearer, this next one is not going to help, even <laughs> though it says not so crystal clear, because I believe it has a link to Billy Crystal. Yes, it, it does. He is uh, unrecognisable <laughs> under makeup, so he's not so crystal clear in this movie. It is the Princess Bride, in case you didn't know people out there. And some people out there did know. Did they? Yes. We've got uh, answers in from Chris Dunn and Niall Murphy and maybe Liam Gallagher? (laughs) That's definitely Owen texting in. What? Check the number. I need to get this checked. Right, so definitely those two and maybe one half of Oasis have got the (laughs) the answer right. It's a British number. I don't have the information for you. text as you were and just give a little kiss at the end? Lol. Ooh. There you go. Uh, but you've all won some Den of Thieves goodies and we've Good got more you. goodies to give out in this week. Oh. If you can guess. <gasps> this week. Pen, 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 pen. I need a pen. High clue. So here's <laughs> a pen. My, okay. Here's a pen. Right. So we're not allowed to answer again. This is Not out loud. To... Okay. Please. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But <laughs> we actually have a... Uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to let him talk about it. What? Hello, Rory, Laura, and Paul. It's your old friend Owen here. How are you getting on? Sorry, I didn't get a chance to be with you there today. I don't know what excuse Rory has made up for me not actually being there. <laughs> I tell you something, though, what definitely didn't happen is that I definitely didn't shift the monkey, the wee diseased one from Outbreak. <laughs> That's exactly what didn't happen, and I'm currently not quarantined in my bathroom with lots of uh, scientists outside wondering why I shifted a monkey, which I didn't do. I'll just say that again. I didn't shift the monkey from Outbreak. Um, I'm here for one thing and one thing only. It's to tell you this week's high clues. So, is everybody uh, got your pens at the ready? This is for the listeners. Lots of cool prizes up for grabs, as ever. So, here we go. Clark's foe tips off Frank Babe's boss gets his last Rolo Guy fights with his bud so those three lines again are Clark's foe tips off Frank Babe's boss gets his last Rolo Guy fights with his bud 
and just two wee pointers. In the middle line there, Rolo is spelt with two L's. That's R-O-L-L-O. And in the last line, guy fights with his bud. Bud has a capital B. So there you go. That's it. I'm off to uh, get these monkey hairs out of my mouth. Ah, bollocks. Right, chat to you. See ya. Bye. Even though he's not here, he's still driving us crazy. I'm crying. I'm actually crying with laughter at the amount of times we've said shifting monkeys in this podcast. Yeah. That's, Only the best on the big review, Ski. That's not the direction I thought this episode would go, but here we are. Clark's foe tips off Frank. Babe's boss gets his last Rolo with two L's, Rolo. Guy fights with his Bud, and Bud has a capital B. I can tell from the looks of pure confusion. Oh, oh. On Laura's face, because Paul got it right. No way! <laughs> it, uh, it, it took me a minute. It took me, it took me a minute to get it, but it is, it is a good one. And if you think you've got the answer right. No, I got it, I got it. He's trying it out again. I can read My handwriting is terrible. That's it why is. I'm doing it. It is. I'm it's, like, more, it's, like, it's like a drunk child. It's I'm like, um, more confused as to how you got that. That's all I'm confused we'll, about. We'll, we can talk about that next week. Okay. Okay. So if you think you've got the answer right, make sure you tweet us in at Big Reviewski or you can WhatsApp us on 0053 and if you get it right, there's a chance you will win some really, really cool uh, goodies and merchandise and film stuff that uh, all your friends will be super jealous about. Which mm-hmm. is, it's friendship with 50 cents, isn't it? It's a voucher for one hour of friendship with 50 cents. Not 50. Not 50, absolutely not 50. So I think that's it for this week's episode of The Big Review Ski. We, uh, next week... <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be pretty busy, you guys. Next week, yeah, because on top of reviewing Shape of Water, which is out on Valentine's Day, cannot wait. I have for that. so many questions about that. Next week, okay. Next week's going to be. Don't worry. Uh, we also <laughs> have Ladybird. Oh yes, yes. Uh, we also have Paul talking to the cast and some of the folks behind the Young Offenders TV show. Lovely people starts this week. Yeah, starts on Thursday. It does on, on RTE at half. Nine. I think that's correct. Look at you on brand. <laughs> I think we'll have to check Joe.ie for the full details. And we'll also have interviews with some of the cast and the director of Black Panther, Mr. Ryan Coogler himself. <gasps> Amazing. It's going to be a really, really fun episode. And hopefully, uh, Owen has picked all of the monkey hairs out of his <laughs> mouth and we can get back to business <laughs> as usual. Thanks again for listening in. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you, Laura. No problem. And uh, that's it. We'll see you for episode five. Bye. Bye.